This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hallel Hagadol, the big Hallel. And this psalm we recite every Shabbat, every Shabbat in the synagogue just before Baruch Shemar. It's recited pretty early, so if you're late, you're not going to hear it. And it's Psalm number 136. It's one of the most powerful psalms there is in terms of praise. And it's also recited in the Haggadah. So in the Haggadah of Pesach. So I just want to read it to you in English, but there's a refrain. And this refrain is on every verse. So it's a long psalm and every verse ends off. For his kindness endures forever. Ki le'olam chazdo, for his kindness is forever. So it's a real psalm of praise and appreciation to Hashem, which is what we say in Haggadah. We're appreciating what Hashem did for us on Pesach. And this is the psalm we use for appreciation. So I'm going to read to you in English with the article translation. So it's a t- actually 26 verses in this psalm, Kuflam Vav 136. And the 26 obviously is allusion to God's name, which is Gematria of 26. So the Gematria of God's name is the amount of verses in the psalm, which pray, in other words, we're praising all the different attributes of Hashem, 26 different uh, of Hashem's name, and also there were 26 generations before the Torah was given. So there were 10 generations between Adam and Noah, 10 generations between Adam and Noah, 10 generations between Noah and Abraham Avinu and Abraham, and six generations between Abraham and Moses. So 26 generations, and Hashem provided for those 26 generations, even though there was no Torah, very few mitzvot. People are not doing anything. Hashem provided them through the attribute of kindness. So that's this, this uh, psalm King David wrote was to thank God for keeping the world alive for 26 generations, despite people not really deserving it. So that's the, the refrain. Ki le'olam Hashem's kindness is forever. Hashem's kindness lasts people even though we don't deserve it. You know, every time, every day we wake up, we don't really appreciate. It's kindness from Hashem. Hashem is showering us with kindness. Every day there's no war. Every day we're living in peace. Baruch Hashem, I'll tell you, that's Hashem's kindness. Not to be taken for granted. Please don't take it for granted as we see today. You can't take anything for granted. Life can change in terrible ways. So, Hashem's kindness is forever. He provides for all living creatures with mercy. So, it's interesting. So, give thanks to Hashem. I'm going to read this Psalm to you, 136. This is the Halel Agadol, which is where the word Hallelujah the source of the word hallelujah is the word hallel. Hallel means praise. There's different kinds of praise. So we have to talk about that as well. Hallel and there's zimra, mizmor, zimra, which is also a kind of song. So it's hallel, a very powerful word. This, this is called hallel agadol, the big hallel. If you want to praise God in a very big way, this is the Psalm 136. Give thanks to Hashem. He is good. For his kindness endures forever. So this is the refrain. It's going to be repeated 26 times. For his kindness endures forever. Give thanks to God of the heavenly powers. Again, for his kindness endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of the Lords. For his kindness endures forever. To him who alone performs great wonders. For his kindness endures forever. To him who has made the heavens with understanding. For his kindness endures forever. For him who spread out the earth upon the waters. For his kindness endures forever. To him who has made great lights. For his kindness endures forever. The sun for the rain of the day. For his kindness endures forever. The moon and the stars for the rain of the night. For his kindness endures forever. 
to him who smote Egypt through their firstborn. This is the connection to the Haggadah. For his kindness endures forever. And brought Israel from their midst. For his kindness endures forever. With strong hand and outstretched arm. For his kindness endures forever. To him who divided the sea of reeds into parts. For his kindness endures forever. And caused Israel to pass through it. For his kindness endures forever. And threw Pharaoh and his army into the sea of reeds. For his kindness endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness. For his kindness endures forever. To him who smote great kings. For his kindness endures forever. And slew mighty kings. For his kindness endures forever. Sichon, king of Amorites. One of the big kings. One of the big giants. For his kindness endures forever. And Og Melech Habashan. Which are the two kings that Moshe Rabbeinu conquered before he died. Yeah, they're on the east side of the Jordan. So Sichon, king of Emory, and Og Melech Habashan. For his kindness endures forever. And presented the land as a heritage for his kindness endures forever. A heritage for Israel, his servant, for his kindness endures forever. In our lowliness, he remembered us. So this is referring to a dark stages in our history. Hashem remembers us and his kindness endures forever. And released us from our tormentors, for his kindness endures forever. He gave nourishment to all flesh, for his kindness endures forever. Give thanks to God of the heavens, for his kindness endures forever. So beautiful Psalm, 26 verses based on the 26 generations between Adam and Abraham, and also the 26 gematria of God's name. So every part of God's name we are praising. So we're thanking God for his mercy and his kindness that keeps us going every single day. So this is called the Big Hallel. And in fact, there's a debate in the Gemara in Pesachim, page 118. How big is this Hallel? How many parts of the Psalms are there? So this is the first opinion. We base ourselves on the first opinion, Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda says, it's only Psalm 136. However, there are other opinions who say, no, there's additional Psalms which are part of this Halel Agadol. Right? So uh, Rabbi Yochanan says it's, uh, it's Psalms 134, 135, and 136. And Rabbi Yaakov says Halel Agadol starts with 135, verse 3, and ends in verse in, in 137. So three different opinions. We follow this first opinion. That Halel Agadol, the big Halel, is only Psalm 136. And that's what we use in our prayers on Shabbat and uh, uh, on the Haggadah. There's a psalm we say, a beautiful psalm, Kile Olam Chazdo, praising God, thanking God for his kindness, for his mercy that keeps us going. So the source of this Halel is in the Gemara in Yerushalmi. Obviously, it's written by King David. And the Gemara in Yerushalmi says, what is Halel Agadol? Quotes verses from the psalm. So why is it called Big Halel? Because it calls God big. It calls God the great God. So he's the God of all the gods. What does that mean, God of all the gods? So the uh, ancients divided the, the powers in the world into parts. They, like, say, the moon and the sun and the stars and then the uh, wind and the rain, everything became a power. It became a god. God is the god of gods. God is only one god. There's, god is the god of all the powers. And that's where the word Elohim. Elohim comes from this idea of god of powers. El, Aleph, is a name for god, which means power. So god, Elohim, in the plural. He's the God of all the powers. All the powers included in God. And this is called Halel Gadol because it praises the greatness of God. That's where the name came from, the big Halel. In the, in the Talmud Babli, which is the Babylonian Talmud, it brings another reason. Rabbi Yochanan says, 
Because God is great and he stays in the highest part of the world. And he gives mezonot, gives sustenance to every single creature. That's the greatness of God. The greatness of God is that God gave sustenance to all the creatures in the world. He's high up there, whatever that means. And nevertheless, he's involved with us. He gives, he gives every creature in this world sustenance from the smallest uh, creatures, the ants. I'm sure there's smaller creatures than that. And it's up to us human beings, but it's rather shame. We all get our sustenance. And that is the greatness of God. That's why it's called Halel Gadol, the great praise of God, because his mercy extends from the smallest creatures to the biggest creatures. That is uh, one of the last lines that Hashem gives. It's the penultimate line in the, in the psalm. Hashem gives sustenance to all creatures. Because he is kindness, his kindness extends forever. Give praise to the God of the heavens. His mercy is forever. His kindness is forever. So that's why it's, it's great. So why is the psalm great? So two reasons. Number one is because God is great. He's the God of gods. He's the God of all the powers of the world. And the second reason is God's greatness is he gives kindness. He gives sustenance to every creature. That's the greatness of God. So that's why it's called Halel Gadol. We praise God for his kindness to every single living creature and beyond. Baruch Hashem. So um, the, uh, the question we have is, so when we say Halel Gadol, we're referring to Psalm 136, which we say on Shabbat festivals and we say in the Haggadah and uh, the night of the Seder night which is Haggadah and we say Halel Gadol on the fourth cup on the fourth cup of wine so it's, a, it's, imagine, it's towards the end of the Haggadah that's when we say Halel Gadol the Mishnah says Halel Gadol even when it rains after a shortage of rain if it rains after a drought People should say this psalm of praise to God. God's kindness lasts forever. But even in drought, Hashem gives a rain. We have to appreciate the rain. The, the, the Vilnagon, the Vilnagon, the Gra, he says also this is the, the song of the last day of Pesach. So this song is the last day of Pesach, which is the last day in outside Israel. In outside Israel, there's eight days of Pesach in Israel. It's one of the advantages of living in Israel. There's only one set a night and only seven days of Pesach. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a motivation to move before Pesach, guys. You'll have one less, one less uh, set a night unless good or bad, and you'll have one less day of Pesach. So a person wants to eat a hametz one day earlier, move to Israel. That's the moral of the story. Anyway, the Vildegon says, on the eighth day of Pesach outside Israel, this is the psalm. The psalm is Halel Gadol, Psalm 136. And uh, the Talmud Yushami calls it Halel Hagedola, the feminine term. The Shami used the feminine term, the big Halel, the word Gedola, as opposed to Halel Hagedol. So that's the Talmud Yushalami, which is uh, written in, in Israel. So the, the Israeli, uh, apparently we have taken the Minhag of Babylon as opposed to the Minhag of Israel. So the Minhag of Israel was to say Halel Hagedola. The Minhag of Babylon was to say Halel Hagedol. Since the Talmud Babli, the Babylonian Talmud, wins, so we adopted this term even in Israel today, Halel Agadol, the big Halel in the masculine term, which is interesting. So now I want to lead this, I want to use this as a segue to start talking about the word Hallelujah. Hallelujah, which is built on this word Halel. Halel means praise. Hallelujah is really two words which are joined together. So originally they were joined together by a hyphen, they were hyphenated. Hallelujah. Praise be God. Praise be God. I said before, I think it's, a, it's the 
greatest word of praise, one word you can use to praise God. There's no other word in one word. You can praise God in one word like this word, hallelujah. And it's been translated in every, a lot of different languages, used in many different services by different religions, not just by Jews, but this is obviously a very fundamental psalm written by King David. In fact, it's mentioned in the book of Psalms at least 20 times. At least 20 times the book of Psalms, this word is used, hallelujah, it's used many times over in the book of Psalms. Actually, it's 24 times. 24 times in the book of Psalms. So Psalm 104, 106, 111 through 117, and then Psalms 135, and Psalms 146 all the way to 150, which is the last Psalm. Uh, this word is used 24 times in the book of Psalms. Hallelujah is a powerful word used 24 times, as many times as there are books in Tanakh. There are 24 books in the, the Jewish Bible. So in 24 times in this book of Psalms, and we use this word, hallelujah, David uh, uses it to praise God. So it's a very powerful word, a one word praise of God. If you have a second, split second to praise God, hallelujah, praise God. So it's a very powerful uh, way to spend your time. <laughs> very powerful way to spend a few seconds. Hallelujah, Hashem, hallelujah. If you can remember the whole psalm, it's a small psalm, which we're going to talk about. The last psalm in the book of Psalms, I think, is one of the most powerful psalms. It's a beautiful psalm, which we're going to go through tonight. It's Rad Hashem. And in fact, we're going to go through all the five last psalms and the book of Psalms. And they all start off and end off with this word, hallelujah. Praise be God in the beginning of the psalm and praise be God at the end of the psalm. So, Bezrat Hashem, let's just start by going through uh, Psalm 146, which is just after Ashrei. We, we had a whole class on Ashrei. So, the Psalm after Ashrei, Ashrei is 145, and Ashrei ends off, uh, uh, with, uh, which it doesn't really end off in the book of Psalms like that, but it's the way the rabbis rewrote it, they added one more line in the back at the end of it. They end off with the word hallelujah. So, Ashrei, when you say Ashrei in the synagogue, it ends off with the word hallelujah. And hallelujah is the opener of the next psalm, which is 146. And it's a beautiful psalm. Let me just read it out to you, and then we'll go through some of the commentaries. Hallelujah. Praise Hashem, oh my soul, which is interesting. The idea that of the soul praising God. So it's, it, there's a verbal praise of God, but sometimes the soul and the voice are not synchronized. This is a very important point. Whenever a person prays, you know, Chobat HaLevavot uh, says, sometimes a person prays, and Hashem gets very upset. Why? Because the heart is not in the prayer. He gives an analogy. He says, uh, when the king is coming to greet someone, and the person gets a message from the king, the king is coming to your house at 2 p.m. on Tuesday. So the guy says, you know, I'm going to be busy. I'm not going to be there. He tells his kids, I have to go. You greet the king. When the king gets to the house, the king is mad. Where is the guy? I came to see him in his house. And he has no honor for me. He left, and he left his kids in charge gets very upset so he says the same analogy is when we pray to god but our minds are not in the prayer our minds are not in the prayer the owner of the house of, of the person the owner of the house is the mind so a person is on autopilot which unfortunately is we're all on, we're all when we, when we do things over and over again by rote we become automated so it's one of the uh, hazards of prayer one of the hazards of prayer is becoming automated and putting the prayer on autopilot and the person's mind is not there. So Hashem wants the person's mind. And this is right at the beginning of the psalm. 
Hallelujah. Praise Hashem, O my soul. Who is the soul of the person? And the answer is the mind. The mind has got to be alert. The mind, the soul is in the mind of a person. The soul rests in the mind. So thoughts are very critical. Not to daydream in the middle of the prayers, which is it's so hard not to do. It's so hard not to do. A person should try and meditate and focus on the words. That's the minimum amount of meditation required in prayer. Especially, we said two parts of the prayers, Shema, the Ashrei, the Poteh HaKadecha, and the Amida, the first paragraph of the Shemona Ashrei. Three parts of our prayers that it's obligatory, obligatory. Ideally, a person should you know, have concentration on all the parts of the prayers, but uh, at least those three parts, which are, again, Poteh HaKadecha and Ashrei, the uh, Shema, the first line of the Shema, and uh, the first paragraph of the Amidah, at least those three parts of us try and focus as much as possible and put their mind. And this is what David Amirach says, praise Hashem, O my soul. Praise Hashem, not just verbally, a person shouldn't praise God, just their voice, but their minds, their soul has to be in the prayer. A person's got to be animated when they praise God. So there's praise of God, which is like, uh, yeah, thank you, Hashem. Okay, thank you. It's okay. It's like uh, if you thank your parents for the good job they did. Okay, dad, mom, okay, thanks a lot. But if your person says, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's putting the soul, putting one's concentration into it. And that's how a person should pray. And especially praises of God, because a praise, like a thank you without meaning, right? person without feeling inside the thank you is, is meaningless. So it's a very important point. To praise God, oh my soul. And look what he says. Hashem I will praise God while I live. Interesting point, right? A person can praise God when they live, and a person can praise God even after death. How? Well, we say in Psalms, but if you praise God when you're alive, you'll continue praising God even after. So that's a, a powerful idea. I will make music to my God while I exist. So we can do things when we exist. Don't take it for granted. Now is the time to do as much praising and thanks as much as possible because Lord call your day Duma. Uh, those who go down to Duma cannot praise God. So Duma, they say, is the angel of hell. He's in charge of hell. Duma, a person goes down to hell, they can't praise God over there. Hopefully in heaven, the Sadiqim can praise God as well because they praise God in this world. So this is the key that a person can trigger energies from this world to the next. It can last two lifetimes. The positive spiritual energy can last two lifetimes. So David Amela says, I will praise God while I live. I will make music to God while I exist. And then he goes into a different theme. He goes into the theme of bitachon. There's a theme of bitachon. Bitachon is trusting in God. There's two, there's two kinds of trust. There's emunah, which the person says, you know what? I believe God exists. Fine. God exists. I believe that God exists. That's faith in God. And then there's a second level, which is a much higher level, which is bitachon. Bitachon is uh, one of the most famous words in Israel. Why? Because it's something all Israelis want. It's something anyone in the world today wants. Bitachon is security. To trust that God secures my life. That God is the one I trust to look after me. Bitachon is he's like a safety belt. God is my safety belt. Bitachon, today used in Israel, is Hagurat Bitachon, a safety belt. So a person has to have bitachon in God, that God will catch me. God will catch me if I fall. God will save me from falling. 
And David Amir says, Somech Hashem lechol anofim. Hashem will, will uh, you can lean on Hashem. Can you imagine a person can lean on Hashem? So a person should walk down the street thinking Hashem is holding on to them. Hashem is put, puts his arm around them. You know, that's, we're going to talk about that. We talk about Sukkot. That the Sukkah has two and a half walls. It says, like, Arizal says, it's like the arm of a person. If you look at your arm, you've got one bone, middle bone, and then you've got the hand. That's two and a half, two and a half bones, which is the Sukkah, which is God's providence god's uh, safety belt person uh, hashem we should we should try and feel hashem's hand around us but obviously not to be taken literally um, um this is figurative speech i'm talking metaphors over here hashem secures us that's that's the next theme in the psalm do not rely on nobles this is especially true in israel can't rely on anyone and we see this of ukraine you can't rely on anyone don't rely on anyone to safeguard your security nor on a human being, for even the human being cannot save himself. When his spirit departs, returns to the earth, on that day, all his plans perish. Oh, this is a terrible thing. We all have plans for our lives. Oh, it's hard to even think about this, that one day all those plans are worthless. Only thing we can take with us is our Torah and our mitzvot, our good deeds, which we can take with us. So that should be the person's plan. And this way, the person's plan will be fulfilled. <laughs> if that's the main plan, our plans for good will be fulfilled. So praiseworthy is one. Now this is the praise. David Amalek, King David, is praising a person who trusts in God directly. Praiseworthy is one whose help is Jacob's God. It's interesting. He calls it Jacob's God. Why does he call it Jacob's God? So the answer is because Jacob, we talked about a bit last week. He said Jacob was penniless. He ran away from his parents. He, was, he ran away to his, uh, his uncle, Lavan. Little did he know what kind of reception he's going to get. And uh, his nephew, his own nephew, Eliphaz, the son of Esau, robs everything he has. He's penniless. And he's left with nothing but trust in God. And he, he makes a bargain. He says, Hashem, if you look after me, I'll give you a 10% of whatever I make. This is the first idea of 10% Zedakah. From Jacob, Jacob was left penniless. So when you need bitachon, which forefather do you think about? We need bitachon. Yaakov Avinu went to Lavan penniless, and he comes back with camps and camps of people, his servants and his flocks and his sheep and his goats, plus uh, 11 sons and one daughter. So he comes back fully laden. That's a trust in God pays off. You know, that's the, on the dollar bill, right? <laughs> I'm laughing because the dollar is worthless in Israel. It's like three shekels now. You're lucky if you get. Uh, so it's a, it's a miracle and a miracle that the shekel is stronger than the dollar. It's like I never thought I'd ever see the day in my life. You know, when I, when I was a kid in Israel, uh, uh, when I came back here for yeshiva over here in Israel, like the, the shekel would go down every day. And here, you know, it's like uh, the, the dollar's going down every day and the shekel's going up. Yeah, that's a sign of Mashiach. When the shekel is going up, it's a sign of Mashiach. So here, so it's a dollar bill. That's the strength of the dollar bill is in God we trust. Only trouble is no one even thinks about it. That's a problem. We have to think about it. Person has a dollar bill in their pocket. They look at the dollar bill in God we trust. This is a message from the founders of America to the people living in America today. Trust in God. And you know how the, the early Americans started America against the British. It took on the empire of the world. They took on the superpower of the world. They trusted in God and they won. Amazing. Hopefully Ukraine will have the same luck. <laughs> Trust. That's the secret. Trust in God and he'll help. And that's what the psalm is all about. And that's number one is it starts off with praises of God. David Amara tells us how to praise God with your soul. 
your intentions, with your concentration. Praise God while you live. Don't waste, don't waste time. Don't take life for granted. Make music to God while you exist. I don't know if I'm not musically inclined, but if you are musically inclined, pray, uh, praise God with music. Why not? That's the best, best praise of God. That was the praise of God in the temple. Unfortunately, the temple was destroyed. We've lost the music which accompanies these songs. Unfortunately, one of the biggest tragedies. But there are, you can buy tapes with some kind of background music for the songs. You can buy these uh, uh, you can even download them probably on the internet. You can probably go to YouTube and see these uh, uh, background uh, harmony behind. I don't know. You're just going to find some kosher music. That's a different issue. So finding ko- kosher music today is also a different issue. Background music for the song, some kind of guitar, uh, harp music behind the songs. There is. There is. Praiseworthy is one whose help is Jacob's God. This is the praise of those who trust in God, whose hope is in God. This is Atikva. The hope. The word hope is not hope. The things will get better. The only way that things will get better if you trust in God. Hatikva is, this is where the famous word Hatikva comes from, right? So a person should hope and trust in God. His hope is in Hashem, his God. Make of heaven and earth. Hashem makes the sea and all that is in the sea. So now we're talking about the greatness of God. So if you think about who can you trust in? So it's a beautiful book again, Hobat Levavot, Judies of the Heart. He talks about the mitzvot of the mind. There are mitzvot of the mind, and these mitzvot are very powerful. They're constant mitzvot. He calls them the six constant mitzvot, 24-7. One of them is to know there's a God, to know there's one God, there's no other God. Uh, love God and fear God, and uh, don't go after your heart and your eyes. These are uh, six mitzvot, which are 24-7. So included in that is the mitzvah of trusting in God, to know there's a God who's looking after you and personally, which we're going to talk about. So uh, it's a very big, uh, he praises those who trust in God. Look at the greatness of God. He is the one to trust in why he's eternal and he has the power. You can't trust in people who don't have the power. So uh, he has the power. So trust in someone who, who saved God's truth forever. Uh, he does justice for the exploited. Beautiful psalm, look at this. He gives bread to the hungry. Hashem releases the bound, which we, these are blessings that we say every morning. You know, morning blessings. This is a part of the morning blessings. Matir Asurim. Hivrim. He gives sight to the blind. This is from the psalm. He straightens the bent, which is part of, part of the morning blessings. Hashem loves the righteous. He loves good people. He loves righteousness. Hashem, this is one of the best parts, facets of God. God is a God of goodness. He's not a God of evil. He's not the Satan. He's not the God of evil. The people, you know, the wicker, wickers, whatever they are, the witches, whatever. Today, it's becoming a very big part of religion now. In America, at least, I mean, it's 8% of something for the population. A wicker, wicker. So Hashem loves the righteous. We love righteousness. Hashem loves the righteous. Hashem protects the strangers, orphans, and widows. He encourages for the way of the wicked. He punishes. Hashem shall reign forever, your God, O Zion, from generation to generation. Hallelujah! This is, uh, again, the start of this uh, psalm. The end of the psalm ends off with his most powerful word. Hallelujah! Praise be God. One word. Praise be God. So now the question we have is a couple of things. I just want to go through the Malbim over here. The Malbim lived about 100 years ago in Eastern Europe, in Poland, and he wrote a beautiful commentary on the whole Tanakh. Um, which is very fascinating that, you know, only a hundred years ago, we have one of the classical biblical commentators. There's hope for our generation, right? There's only a couple of generations ago. And he wrote a beautiful, beautiful, I have to go through one of the Psalms with you. 
And this is Psalm uh, 146 we're going through right now. And the Malbim starts off. And he asks the question. It says, first of all, we say, Your kingdom is forever. All right. So he asks the question, what is the difference between your kingdom is forever? I mean, there's two words used forever. One is forever, which is forever. And the other word used in our psalm is, your rule is from generation to generation. What's the difference between forever and for generation to generation? So it seems like they're both similar ideas. Forever is forever. And for generation to generation is also forever. So he says there's a difference. Forever means there's no breaks. Forever is forever. No break at all. And forever is um, in terms of general providence. Forever is general providence, but the whole door of door is for every generation. God is there for every single generation, which is there's a break between generation and generation. There's a gap sometimes. So it's not continuous completely. Every generation has their own pathway to God, have to find their own pathway to God. Every generation has to seek God. And then God is for that generation. So God being for us for generation to generation depends on the generation. Sometimes there's a break in the generations. Sometimes, you know, you have the, the grandfather is very religious. The, the, the son, the father is not religious. And the, grand, and the grandson becomes religious. So there's a break in the generation. So behold, door by door, even though God is there for every generation, he's not really there for those who don't seek him. Hashem is there for those who seek him. So there's a difference between forever. God is the king, is the king forever. And his, uh, his kingdom lasts from generation to generation. So the kingdom is those who accept God's rule. Kingdom, God is the king forever, yes, but God, a king needs a kingdom. The kingdom is from generation to generation. Every generation chooses whether they want to be under God or not. So again, it's a beautiful idea of the Malvin on this uh, psalm. He gives other ideas. And let's just go through some of them. So he says... Uh, First of all, he says, Halala Hashem Bechayai. I will praise God during my lifetime. I'll praise God for my life, he says, not just during my lifetime. What am I doing? I'm praising God during my lifetime and thanking God for the gift of life. Something a lot of people don't appreciate. If you have to thank God for the gift of life, there are 50,000 people a year in America, at least the last time I saw statistics, who try to kill themselves. Out of them, half of them succeeded. So 25,000 suicides a year. So we have to thank God for our lives. Thank you, Hashem. In fact, the first word a Jew says when they wake up is modeh. Or a girl should say moda, which is the Hebrew, which is the feminine part of modeani. So thank you, Hashem. The first word on our lips is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Hashem. Praise God for my life. And I and I will sing songs. So what's the difference between I will praise God with my life or for my life and I will sing songs. So you ask the question, why is Hashem called sometimes Hashem? And then over here, it's called Elokai, my, my God. What's between Hashem, the God, and Hashem, my God? So he says, there's two kinds of providence. One is Hashem, the man, the king of the world. And my personal God. God, I have to bring God into my life as my personal God. It's the same God. That's what we say in the Shema. Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem, the creator, is our God. is our personal God. So we have to remember that every single day. This is what David Amelech say. I will praise God for my life. And I will praise my God for everything else. So everything that God gives me in my lifetime, we have to appreciate it's a personal gift from God. Take as a personal gift. You have wealth. 
it's a personal gift for God. You have a you have a house. It's a personal gift. Person's got to say thank you, Hashem, for my house. Thank you, Hashem. I got a roof over my head. Thank you, God, for security. Thank you, God, for I'm safe, safety. Thank God for good neighbors, which is all parts of our morning prayers. All parts of our morning prayers. But this is where we're learning from. We learn from here from David Amelach. He teaches us that Elokai is my personal God. I have to praise you a, a different praise. One is a general thanks. And one is a specific praise for everything I have. I will sing songs. You know, I, I wish I was a singer just for this. Sing songs of praise to God, write music for God. It's amazingly high level. It's a, a whole different way of serving God with music. It's uh, much more beautiful. And that was the way they served God in the temple with music. So this is something which we don't have today. In our synagogues, at least Orthodox synagogues, don't have music. We have song, but we don't have music. And the music can be very inspiring. So today there's a whole branch of Jewish music called Hasidic music, which you can, you can hear. Uh, you can hear nonstop. This, usually, this is the biggest turn on for our kids. Our kids love. The kids are turned on by Jewish music. Thank God for that. So Jewish music can really spice up something. Spice up a person's soul because the key to that we're going to see. We're going to talk about this and hopefully we'll get to this today. The last line of Psalms is this idea of singing with one's soul, singing a song with one's soul. We talked about a little bit of concentration. How do you make yourself sing? How do you make your neshama sing? Wow. Which we're going to talk about. That's the last line of songs. That every soul will praise God. Hallelujah. So, so the soul has to sing. How does the soul sing? Well, when you're uh, listening to music, you're on a different level. The person is meditating. They're captivated by the song. The song pulls them up. Like a, That's why a good hazan and shul earns big money. Why? Because his job is to pluck at people's uh, soul strings. Pluck at the soul of people's uh, strings of the soul. So that's the job of the hazan, of a good hazan. That's the job of music. Music should lift the soul. It's a very powerful idea of lifting the soul. It can only be attained through music, through joy. And that's how David Melech, that was his way of serving God, through music and joy, with all his troubles, all his difficulties, when things were going well, when he had times to praise God. He was praising God with songs and enthusiasm. Boy, that's, that's the key word, enthusiasm. You can see this on uh, Simchat Torah, people dancing around the Torah. Purim, hopefully. So Purim is not a time to go loony. Purim is a time to praise God with song. Purim is a time... Uh, it's interesting because we're going to talk about Purim coming up. But one of the questions on Purim is, where's Hallel on Purim? There's no Hallel. We talked about Hallel and Hallel Agadol. There's no Psalms of praise on Purim. There's no Hallel on Purim. Where's the Hallel? So the rabbis say in the, in the Talmud that the Megillah is the Hallel. The Megillah Esther is the biggest Hallel because then we can see God is pulling the strings of history to save us. And that is the biggest halal. We thank God for putting the strings of history to save us, save our poor, uh, tormented uh, people from, uh, you know, these enemies around us. Hashem, thank you. That is the biggest praise. The praise of when we, we sing God's praise on Purim by just talking about life under Haman and how Hashem saved us. So that's the biggest praise. Okay, so that's something which we can talk about today, especially here we are after the Second World War, the Holocaust. And Baruch Hashem, Israel is flourishing. Yerushalayim is flourishing. And Israel Hashem, more Jews will move here. And unfortunately, they have to move here. You know, we say in, in the, uh, I'm digressing, but it's one of my favorite topics. So we say in the Brikara Mazon, God, you will bring us back. Bring us back 
standing up to our land. What does that mean, standing up to our land? Bring us back, not because of troubles, bring us back, bring us back to our land upright. And not in a box, not in a coffin, bring us back to our land so we can enjoy this land. It's a beautiful land. Let's enjoy it. Let's come back upright. Let's come back walking on our own two feet to this land, not because of enemies who are persecuting us, but because we are volunteer voluntarily. I want to come back to Israel, Baruch Hashem. Come back on one's own steam. That's Bring us back standing up. is also a term for um, independence. Baruch Hashem, we're seeing an independent Israel. Even though we have to lean on certain people, but we see in the Psalm, don't lean on people. Exactly, don't lean on people. A person who puts their security. This is a very big lesson. What's happening today in the world is a very big lesson for Israel. You cannot rely on anyone. We cannot. We as Jews cannot rely on anyone. Only ourselves and Hashem. Hashem is the key to our Israel Hashem. Hashem will give us the power. Hashem oz le'amoyitem. We say at the end of our prayers, Hashem will give strength to our people. Hashem yivarech et amor b'shalom. And Hashem will, will bless us with peace. So Hashem will bless his people with strength and Hashem will bless his people with peace. Why? Because without strength, they're not going to have peace. peace. So if the Jews are weak, uh, there's enough bullies in the world around picking us. So it's very important to be strong. Hashem will bless us with strength. Hashem bless us all with strength and bless us with peace. Two of these important things we end off our prayers. Amazing. Who would connect peace with strength? And the answer is yes. With all the bullies around us, yes. We need strength to keep these bullies away and then we'll have peace. So it's it's uh, peace through strength. We said, don't believe in these wealthy pe- people. It seems to be a mitzvah. The mitzvah is not to trust in human beings. This is a new mitzvah, from, not from the Torah. This is from King David. King David's personal advice to us, don't trust in people. Why? Because they themselves cannot save themselves. People cannot save themselves. How can they save someone else? So uh, just trust in God. God is the one who has the power and the capabilities of salvation. If that person's soul departs them, the body's gone back into the, into the ground. And all the trust is gone completely. Praises someone who the, the God of Jacob was helping. Because Jacob, we said he was a penniless, he trusted in God. And God came through, comes back with a, a camp of a multi-millionaire. He comes back, he was sent out penniless, and he comes back multi-millionaire. Hashem makes the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it. Everything in heaven and earth and in the seas. So can you imagine God's capabilities? And he keeps his promises. It's amazing. Think about it. 3,500 years ago or more, God made a treaty with Abraham. And he says, I'm giving this land to your descendants. Who would believe after 2,000 years of wandering the globe, we're back in the land. It's, it's, this is only because of the promise, God's promise here. God's promise is coming true in front of our very eyes. We're coming back to Yushalayim. This is God's promise to, this, to Abraham Avinu. Hashem keeps his promise. He who he hears, I'm just reading the Malbim over here. He is eternal and his promise does not change. For any reason. So Hashem's promise we see today. The promise is coming true. Israel Hashem will see all the promises that God promised us at the Torah. All the promises to Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov are coming true. 
the descendants are coming back to the land of Israel and the land is giving of its produce now. It's the, the Talmud says, if you want a sign of Mashiach, sign of Mashiach is when the land of Israel gives its fruit. And just over 50, 60, 100 years ago, we were writing, you know, Mark Twain came to Israel, to a barren wasteland. There's no trees, there's no fruits growing here. And here we have it, Israel today is beautiful, blooming, blossoming, any kind of fruit you want grows here. It's right here. Okay, so Hashem, okay, I read, he gives, he can make the blind see. If you know, Hashem wants to, he can do anything. Hashem, Hashem likes, loves the righteous. And how does he love the righteous? He gives them extra providence, extra divine providence. We find stories of the, uh, in the uh, Twin Towers, right? Uh, there was a Meshulach, he was collecting money. He goes to the Twin Towers, he's, and he rings the bell at the bottom of the doorbell, the, whatever, the guy at the desk says, who do you want to see? He says, I want to see this guy, I want to come up and see him. And the guy says, Rabbi, don't bother, I'm coming down. And because of that, the guy survived because he gave tzedakah that minute. Hashem looks after the righteous. There's, another, there's other stories that were going to breathe that morning and they came late. You know, it's interesting because that day I had to go. I was meant to go to Manhattan that day. And, uh, but fortunately, my point was at one. And this happened at night. But I was meant to go to Manhattan that day. Can you imagine that? And the, I was just going to go right across the street from there. Uh, so from the Twin Towers, and it was Bedlam. It was so. Thank God, God saved me. Hashem saves all the righteous. He loves the righteous. Not to say that I'm righteous, but Hashem loves the righteous. There's an extra providence on the righteous, and He saves them from their troubles. But right, Hashem. So, uh, so now there's two kinds of blindness. There's physical blindness, the Muslim says, and there's spiritual blindness. When we say Hashem opens the eyes of the blind, now this is this is a, a very deep idea. The idea of spiritual blindness. I mean, there's a lot of people today who live in the world, but they're living in a world of the dark, a dark world. They can't see beyond their noses. They can't see because their spiritual eyes are blocked. So just for a person to have their spiritual eyes open, the person going to thank God. Thank God we can recognize the fact there is a God. Thank God we can see in our daily lives aspects of the divine. Thank God we can see the divine providence that's brought us back to the land after thousands of years. I mean, staring people in the eyes. A lot of people can't see it. They're blind. So thank God we're seeing the rebuilding the Messianic era. The, the, uh, we're very close to the Messianic era. Thank God. Open our eyes and let us see more of your greatness, Hashem. Right? All right. So that's the idea of opening the eyes. Even though a person is blind, sometimes blind people, it's amazing what blind people can see. I mean, you see these people walking down the streets, going on the bus. I, I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it, honestly. But they have the sixth sense. Hashem provided with other capabilities. So in a sense... Hashem opens their eyes. Hashem loves the righteous. Hashem shomerit ha-gerim. Hashem guards the strangers, the gerim. Okay, so definitely people who are persecuted, people that had a handicap, Hashem is looking after them. Those are the ones Hashem loves the most, Hashem treasures the most. The people who are afflicted, the people who are handicapped, the atom, the orphan, and the widow. Hashem is with you. Your widow, Hashem is with you. Hashem is looking after you. Why? Because Hashem loves those who are, have gaps in their lives. Because Hashem should fill the gap. In a sense, those who have gaps in their lives are well off. Why? Because then they realize they need Hashem more. That was David Amirach. He said, the greatness of David was because he never had true love in his life from his parents, his brothers. And later on, his own father-in-law hunted him, wanted to kill him. So he never had that love, which 
And that's he had to use Hashem filled that void. Hashem was his father, Hashem was his mother, Hashem was his brothers, Hashem was the love of his life. We see that in the Psalms. Yimloch Hashem. Hashem should reign. Hashem reigns. Yimloch Adonai Leolam forever. The God of Zion. Again, there's two words over here. There's, there's the God of the world, which is Hashem. He reigns forever. And then he says, your God of Zion, but generation to generation. So those are the ideas we talked about, the idea of the personal God. So the God of Zion is the personal God of the Jewish people. That's Lador Vador. That's for generation to generation, for the generations who choose to trust in God, who choose to recognize God. God is our God, our personal God. But the God of the world is forever. There's no denying that the God of the world exists, whether you like it or not. Whether you recognize, you don't recognize the God of the world is forever, but the personal God of Zion, the door of Ador, depends on the generation. So beautiful commentary. This is a beautiful commentary of the Malbim. That's the Psalm 146, which is the first of the five Psalms of Hallelujah. Let's try and do just one more tonight and hopefully we'll finish the rest uh, next week. Hallelujah. Wow. Beautiful line. Psalm 147, it is good to make music to our God. Here is the musician saying, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying every second of making music to God. It's something worthwhile. It is good to make music to our God for praise is pleasant and befitting Hashem. Praising God is like the most, uh, what, what can God want from us? I mean, what can we give God? I mean, even our praises are probably worthless, I don't know. But since they're coming from free will, that's the greatness. The greatness of our praises is that it comes from free choice. The greatness of a human being is the fact that we have free choice. You know, there's a, there's a book called Pirkei which is a book of s- songs of all creations to God. It's a Pirkei which obviously creations can't, can't sing to praise to God. So it's talking about the angels of those creations. The songs of praise from frogs and lions and dogs and cats and this, different kinds of songs of praise. From, so obviously it's a book written by... Uh, Someone with a, who knew what's going on, the angels are praising God. Different angels of different creatures are praising God, but they don't have free choice. We are the only beings with free choice, and therefore our praise of God have tremendous validity more than anyone else. If a robot praises you, if you can program your computer to praise you, it's not such a great thing. But if your child says, Daddy or Mommy, you're the, you're the greatest, that's, that's worth a lot. That's, that's really worth a lot. And that's what we do when we praise God. We praise God by saying, you are the greatest Hashem. We recognize you. It's coming from free choice. It's not coming because someone's forcing me to say this. I recognize you. That's the greatest of King David. That he, of all people, not just recognized, but praised and sang praises. And that is, that's why Hashem loved David more than anyone else alive. More than his son, Shlomo. Had a, David had, had a special relationship with God. And we see it's always reciprocated. If you have a special relationship with God, God has a special relationship with you. If you trust in God, Hashem is with you. If you move closer to God, God moves closer to you. If you move away from God, God moves away. As David Amelach says, I think we talked about it last week, Hashem God is my shadow. How? What does God is my shadow mean? If you walk with your shadow, you see the shadows following you. So Hashem, the highest level of protection is divine protection is God is my shadow. But God is my shield, the Magen David, the shield of David. That's always with a person. So a shadow is better than a shield. Why is shadows with you 24 hours a day? Maybe not at noontime because it's straight down. But uh, every, every second of the day, the shadow is with you. Wherever there's light, there's a shadow. 
Hashem should be our shadow. That's total divine protection. Amazing, amazing divine protection. So Hashem, I appreciate everything you did for me. Praise is pleasant and fitting for you, Hashem. The builder of Jerusalem is Hashem. This is amazing. This is one of the blessings, the third blessing in, in the Bikar Amazon. Baruch Hashem Bonei Yerushalayim. And it's also one of the blessings in the Shemona Yisrael. Every day we say this three times a day. Say Bikar Amazon, say four times, five times a day. Bonei Yerushalayim. Baruch Hashem Yerushalayim. Hashem is the rebuild of Zion. And if you go out today in Jerusalem, you just, there's so much traffic around. Why? Because there's Construction, construction, constr- everywhere you go, <laughs> everywhere you go, there's construction. You cannot avoid construction. It's amazing. I went to the Kota I, I talked about last week, and I just didn't recognize across from the Kota there's a new building and there's archaeology, archaeological digs underneath. I, I've got to go there one, make some time and see what's going on over there. So everywhere you go, you, you haven't been somewhere for six months, it's changed. It's, it's, it's built. It's, it's something new over there. Everywhere you go. They're putting in tram lines. They're putting on uh, all kinds of things, tunnels. Yushalayim <laughs> uh, has changed. It's a high tech. It's, a, it's the high tech is coming to Yushalayim. I don't know if it's good or bad. Hopefully, it's good. But when we look at the positive side of it, it's going to bring employment. It's going to bring brains. It's going to bring money. Lots of it to Israel and Yushalayim as Radishim. So, Hashem, look what he says. The builder of Jerusalem is Hashem. Now, it's interesting because David Melech conquered Jerusalem. From the Ebusi, from the Jebusites, one of the one of the seven tribes of Canaan, and uh, he's the one who built Jerusalem. So he's ascribing the building of Jerusalem to Hashem. He says, "Thank you, Hashem, for building. I know it wasn't me. I know, even though I did it, I was the messenger. You're the one who did it. And it's something which we have to remember all the time. Everything we do—that's true humility. Everything we do is we have to recognize Hashem gave me the power. Hashem gave me. That's one of the mitzvot in the Torah." Hashem is the one who gives us the strength to do what you did. Hashem gives us more strength to do more good, more good deeds. The outcast of Israel, he will gather in. Hashem will gather in all the exiles. Again, see the prophecy over here. He is the healer of the brokenhearted and the one who binds up their sorrows. Hashem comforts mourners. Hashem comforts those who sorrow. Oh boy, he counts the number of the stars. So again, now the this is a theme of Purim, that the, that the heathens, they trust in the stars. Hashem counts the stars. He can, he can count all the stars, but he's greater than the stars. He knows their strength. His understanding is beyond calculation. He encourages the humble. He lowers the wicked down to the ground. Call out to Hashem with the thanks, with the harp. Sing out to our God who covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, who makes mountains sprout with grass. He gives to an animal its food, to young ravens that cry out. Not in the strength of the horse does he desire, not in the legs of man does he favor the strong. He doesn't desire strength. Hashem doesn't care about the strength of the person. That's like the Olympics and things like that. Hashem doesn't care about that. Hashem favors those who fear him and those who hope for his kindness. Interesting. Who does Hashem favor? Those who fear him and those who hope for his kindness. Yeah. So that's the most, and we said that, we talked about the greatest thing to do when you pray is not to say, God, I deserve it. God is pure kindness. I just want pure kindness. I don't deserve anything. So pure kindness, David Amar says, one of the pathways to God is recognizing God's kindness. Praise Hashem, O Jerusalem. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Hashem, Yushalayim should praise, Yushalayim, Jerusalem should praise Hashem, Lord, our God, O Zion. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children in your midst. That's a beautiful song. Uh, 
these words are so beautiful. There's a song out of this words, which are Shabbat Yerushalayim Hashem. It's a gorgeous song. You look it up on the internet. Shabbat Yerushalayim Hashem. Yerushalayim should praise God. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous song they made. Who He who makes your borders peaceful again. It's a miracle. Here we are, a little island amongst, I don't know, 250 potential enemies, 250 million potential enemies. Um, some nations have actually made peace with Israel, which is amazing. The Abraham Accords, amazing. So who makes this happen? This is it's amazing. They call it the Abraham Accords. <laughs> I think it's a very prophetic language. I think uh, it was a very, very well done. That was very well done. It was taken straight from the Bible, the Abraham Accords. We are all the children of Abraham. He who makes your borders peaceful, he, and he dispatches his utterance earthward, how swiftly his commandments run. Okay, so that's, uh, he relates his word to Jacob, his statutes and judgments to Israel. He did not do so for any other nation. This is something we have to appreciate. We don't appreciate the Torah enough because the Torah is pure goodness. It's, it's pure goodness coming from God to tell us how to run our lives with order in a systematic form. It's the most systematic form of goodness in the world. There's no other laws which are based on righteousness in a systematic fashion laid out in such a clear... Like say, for example, the laws of Sadaqah. There's no such thing in any other kind of law. You go and read the book of Sadaqah. Who comes first? So the answer is your relatives come first. It's based on a verse in Isaiah. Don't hide from your own flesh or blood. So who comes first in Sadaqah? Help your own relatives. People don't realize that siblings are poor. They come first. Your parents come first. Your children come first. So these are laws. Of, it's a systematic uh, way of path of goodness. We have to appreciate Torah. This is what David Amalek is telling us in the psalm. He relates his word to Jacob, his statutes and judgment to Israel. He did not do so for any other nation. They know they're not. Hallelujah. Praise this God for the Torah. Praise this God for this way of life. Unfortunately, if the way of life is not being treated properly, it's not the way of life which is at fault. It's the people who are walking the way. <laughs> They're not walking properly in the way of, of God. So, uh, and they blame the Torah. It's not the Torah. It's the people who interpret and for, and walk in the ways of what they call the Torah, which is at fault. So, and we learn this out from, we're going to talk about going back to the story of King David. He's bringing back the ark. He's bringing back the ark to Jerusalem. I mean, it never was in Jerusalem. So the Ark of God was in the Mishkan. The Mishkan was destroyed by the Philistines. They went from place to place, from Nob, Irak, Kohanim. It went to uh, Kiryat, uh, what's it called? Kiryat Yarim. Went to other places. And then finally, he's bringing it back to Jerusalem. And he puts on a cart. He made a big mistake, tragic mistake. Put on the cart. And it's pulled by oxen. And Uzzah, Uzzah sees the cart is sort of wobbling and uh, He's scared that the ark of God is going to fall. He puts his hands to hold the ark and he gets burnt on the spot. So what's the reason? The answer is because the ark of God is not at fault. It's the oxen or the cart that's pulling it is at fault. The Torah of God is perfect. Sometimes it's those who are pulling the Torah that is at fault. You have to always remember that. The Torah is perfect. Torah Tashem Tanima. But sometimes those who teach it, those who are pulling it and those who are guiding it are the ones at fault and that causes Hashem, desecration of God's name so we have to appreciate that's what we're saying that's the Brikata Torah when we get a person get an Aliyah there's a Brikata Torah every single day every morning there's a blessing on the Torah actually there's three blessings in our morning prayers that we say on the Torah we have to appreciate the Torah Hallelujah and we'll end off the class with this beautiful word Hallelujah
And Bezrat Hashem will do, we'll finish the book hopefully next week. Hopefully, Bezrat Hashem next week. And then we're going to have a little class on Purim, Bezrat Hashem. And I wish you all uh, Shabbat Shalom from Yerushalayim, Irak Kodesh. And Bezrat Hashem will always see good things coming from Jerusalem. And Bezrat Hashem, more peace in the world. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.